0: Are you being controlled by your finances? Has debt been wrecking your life? My guest today is Al Jones, and he has made a journey from bad credit and debt and the things that weigh so many of us down to having a perfect credit score, guys. 850 is as good as you can get. And you know what? You can do it too. My name is Brent. I'm a fallible man, and I make content for men, husbands, fathers, and anybody else we can talk to, guys. Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, and today we're going to help you get your credit in check to open up a whole new world of possibility. Let's get into it.
1: This is the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Here is your host, the Fallible Man, Brent Dowler.
0: All right, guys. Welcome back, Al. Thank you for joining us today, and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. It's great to have you on.
2: Thank you, thank you, thank you for the opportunity. Out here in Phoenix, Arizona.
0: Out here in Phoenix, Arizona. Whew. I do not envy you. I'm sitting in a very hot office last night, right now, with no air conditioning. It's I'm the just dry thinking, heat
2: that we love. <laughs> it's it's got to be way warmer <laughs> down it's there. It's dry heat, as we call. It, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, in your in our correspondence before the show. I told you that I think that getting your finances together and under check is really a critical aspect, especially for men, because we tend to derive so much of our self-worth and our value from our ability to provide and maintain our lives. Our jobs have a, a much more direct correlation and our finances have a much more direct correlation to how we feel about ourselves, I think, than it does for women necessarily. Not that they don't think it's important as well, but it really seems to weigh in on our own self-esteem, particularly with men. And I was looking through some of the stuff you sent me, and I saw you use the term financial anxiety, that that was something that you were struggling with when you were dealing with your credit. And I think that kind of lends itself to this idea of our finances impacting how we feel about ourselves and how we just – feel about our outlooks can you tell us a little more about financial anxiety and what specifically you meant with that
2: with that i've met along the lines of what you said you've got this idea in your mind at least i did that for example if you live in a home and you're experiencing some hardship Anyone who is making a better wage is the one that controls what's going on in the house. The person who makes the most gold makes the rules. So you just have this feeling of how can I get to that point to where I can start making decisions, making an impact. And if I don't make any money, then I have no voice. So that's largely what I'm talking about. That whole frustration, that whole Weight of will I be able to have a voice in my home, in my life, in society in general?
0: Um, I can relate. You were talking about experiencing the collection calls and the creditors, and and my issue was around
2: high. We'll say junior high, seventh, eighth grade. That's when it really dawned on me the process of what was actually going on my mother and father split early in life they got divorced and we were at home with my mother and my siblings and around that time my mother was working multiple jobs my sister was out doing things my brother was out playing so i was you know the person at the home fielding the incoming calls and again i'm 7th and 8th grade And bill collectors were calling, and back then, in the late '70s, early '80s or so, bill collectors were brutal. What they would do is they would call you in the middle of the, you know, eight, nine o'clock at night. You know, moms working multiple jobs and doing things. So here I'm, some little kid, fielding the incoming call. Hey, this is Mr. Smith calling from, you know, whatever collecting agency. Uh, Is your mother there? You know, you're some little kid. You're crying. And they're just drilling it, drilling it big time. And at first I wondered, why are they being so mean to my mother? What's going on? Then it occurred to me, you know, after a while that it was because of the decisions that she made. So they would call demand payment. And what I would do is I would take notes. When she would finally get home, I would relay the information to her, say, hey, mom, Mr. Smith from collection agency called, would you mind, could you please pay X amount? And then it got to a point to where I became very good in negotiating with the bill collectors that would call. They were aware that I was taking notes, copious notes, and relaying it to her. And then oftentimes I would talk to them. This is, you know, seven and eighth year old, you know, eighth grade eight year old kid saying, hey, Mr. Mr. Smith, I relayed to you, this is Elton. You know, my full name uh, this is alton i relayed the information that you wanted me to send to her a few days ago she said that she would pay you x amount is that okay mr smith you know give him the whole respect thing oh okay this little kid he's not blowing me off all right little kid uh yeah tell your mom that she you know she can pay this and then you just kind of start negotiating settlements you know for your mom and again i started getting really good at it and Oddly enough, going through all that, I wound up repeating the same cycle. I thought that that was a norm. Well, okay, you can delay payment for a month, two months, three months, just push it out to three and a half you know, if you could, because that's what I thought was the norm. I'm supposed to leave in hardship. This is, how, this is how life is supposed to be. Well, fast forward, you said, you know what? After the bill collectors are calling you as an adult, you say to yourself, you know what, Brent, this is crazy. This is absolutely insane. I just had a moment in life to where I said, Al, this is this is crazy.
0: I'm trying to – I dealing with collectors in my uh, early 20s, and then I, I got a credit card when I was like 16. They weren't supposed to issue it to me. Mm-hmm. I actually fought mm-hmm. with a judge about it years later. And they're like, the day you turned 18 and use that card again, you basically back-authorized everything you did when you were underage, so it doesn't count that they sent it to you underage. Okay. I was like, wait, that's legal? That that, that doesn't even make sense, right? <laughs> wow. But wow. I'm dealing with these collection calls and getting behind of this because every, every young person starting out, right, I got in over my head and... Bought this on credit and got behind on this bill and this bill because my job wasn't the best yet. And right, I'm just trying to picture the kind of salespeople are collections people who who sit there and, and get into it with someone who's obviously a kid because that just the calls I had dealt with is like I can't imagine dealing with those people as a junior high age kid. And that they would talk to me that same way that they talked to me when I was 20.
2: It's a power thing. It's that, a power thing, big time.
0: I just don't understand. That, that just seems like such a strange idea that any company would deal with a kid that way. You, know, it, it seemed, you would think they, the minute they got on the phone and realized they're talking to a kid and the mom's not there, they'd be like, your mom needs to call us. And, and that would be the end of it, right? Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> that's that's just insane. Nope.
2: Yeah. Like I said, they would just drill and just drill. And it's like, okay, you know, I had some tears running down my ear. I wouldn't start crying big time on the phone, but just a, some tears would fall well, yeah. during the conversation. You just suck it up and say, all right, this is insane. Something has got to change, you know, grab your set and just, just let's roll with it. Let's roll with it.
0: So you're saying in your book that you had, you'd, Hit a point as you were covering in your credit where you just felt this need to help people get out of their financial ruts, and some of your early attempts you didn't feel well went well. You were talking about sharing your credit reports and stuff like that, and people weren't interested in that. And
2: yeah, the, the first book, the when I first started the whole documentation process it was around 2005. I wrote a book, still a chapter in length. Mm-hmm. But that first book was more technical. Click this. You should go to this URL. You should call this specific phone number. So it was real technical per se mm-hmm. on that that angle. The challenge when you do a technical book like that is after it's published, well, if the URL, if the website changes, yeah. the phone number goes out of you know out of order, then you know you're you're up the creek. So that's what happened with that one. So fast forward a few years later, I decided to write one that I the one I have now, My Journey from Bad to Excellent Credit, that is more of a narrative instead of the more click this link and call this phone number here.
0: And for everybody listening, whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it on the podcast, there will be links for Al's book in the notes for the, both the show notes of the podcast and direct links to Amazon. And the, uh, you know, <laughs> I always forget that, what that's called in YouTube, you know, the stuff uh, under we, it. We've
2: got, we got it on uh, Amazon, paperback, Kindle, and there's an audiobook version as well.
0: There And there will be direct links for all of that, guys. But you said you were really moved to start helping people, and so you wrote the book. Uh, you also have a game company. Is that related to this, or is that something else? Uh,
2: this is separate th- from this. And I've got the game that I've developed, is called Lyrics Guru. It's the song lyrics trivia game where you try to match the correct word found within the lyrics of the song. It's on Android, Google Play, and it's on the App Store. So for example, in the app, what you get is a list of categories rock and roll, country and Western, nursery rhyme. So let's take, for example, rock and roll. You pick rock and roll, then you're given a song title. We'll give you, for example, blue suede shoes, Elba song, mm-hmm. maybe dating myself. <laughs> then you're given a list of four words, cat, dog, run, and step. And in the app, you're given eight seconds, to select the correct word. So if you selected step, then you would get the correct word. In the app, what you have to do is have to get eight correct per category. And then once you've completed eight separate categories, then you're the lyrics guru.
0: Okay. Was this just a a side passion you decided to do? Like
2: all the heights and side hustles.
0: Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I get that entirely.
2: Yeah. So we were on... uh, we did the Shark Tank. I don't know if you saw that or if I mentioned that. We were we went to a Shark Tank casting call, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool. And if you've been on Facebook, you may have seen the Buttercloth product line. Uh, mm. Meta World Peace. Okay, Meta World Peace, NBA basketball star, was in the pitch group immediately in front of me. So I got a chance to chat with Meta World Peace and the Buttercloth team, they were directly in front of me and they got the deal. I didn't get the deal from mine. What I had wanted to do was to pitch a licensing deal Mm -hmm. with Mr. Wonderful. And if you've ever watched the Shark Tank thing, you'll notice that Mr. Wonderful is big on licensing. I didn't need Mm -hmm. the money. So I was wanting to pitch the licensing deal with him to where they would license the Lyrics Guru brand to create a song lyrics trivia game, the Lyrics Guru game show mm-hmm. for TV it kind of rival the uh, Beat Shazam game show that was real popular. Mm-hmm. So that was the plan. And of course they didn't take the bait. Man, no,
0: they're they're man. a hard audience. Okay. I mean, they're, they're, they're a hard sell on anything.
2: It was, it was crazy. Again, I had, I didn't need the money. I just wanted to do the licensing deal when I visited the the casting call you're standing in line they're saying okay you know you get your number in line then finally you get to the last door before you do your pitch then they said okay you have to ask for money it's like oh jeez, ask for money? i don't need the money i just want to look the licensing deal so what i had to do is i had to come up with a, a dollar amount mm-hmm. that i was going to ask for so at first I thought five thousand. I said, "Ah, oh, this is crazy. You're not going to go to Shark Tank and ask for five G's." <laughs> then I thought, "Okay, how about fifty? This is all in a matter of two minutes." Yeah. Then I thought, "Okay, fifty thousand. Wow, you can ah, you can uh, you can do a second mortgage on your home mm-hmm. for fifty G's." I said, "Okay, five hundred. Yeah, use it for advertising." So so that's what I used, and I did the whole licensing deal. Made mention that I wanted to do. Uh, you know, need five hundred, but you know they didn't take it. So hey, it is what it is. I'll I'll keep plugging.
0: Well, hey, have you have you considered maybe taking it to a board game, a variation on a board game?
2: Um, oddly enough, yeah, that's one of the things we've got in play, and we've got the app for on Google Play, the App Store. We also have a playing card version mm-hmm. that we created. The initial playing card version that we've got out now. It was initially designed for those that have low vision so if you've got the color blindness Mm -hmm. issues you're dealing with the cards we've got now that are have color barrier what they call color barrier feed colors Mm -hmm. we also use the same playing card game for seniors for cognitive rehabilitation rehab uh reminiscence therapy and we also have a game wheel that i took to the shark tank Mm -hmm. event and that has like a wheel of fortune kind of giant wheel where it spins and it lands on the category and it does the same basic process. So yeah, but playing card, not playing card, uh, the board game. We thought we wanted to do that. Also a table game in the casinos. We're thinking about doing that as well. So that's on the, and the cooker as well.
0: All right guys. Hey, you know, if you're getting something out of this and enjoying the conversation with Al, be sure and give us a like, click that button, leave us a comment on whatever platform you're listening to or watching on the show. We'd love to hear what you have to say about what Al's sharing with us. Uh, in the second half of the show, we're going to go into some specifics and talk about some ideas about how to start building your credit score. We're going to dig into the forgotten manual that's a little more technical. Talk about specific ways that you can start working on your credit store if that's something you're struggling with. We're going to roll to our sponsor and we'll be right back with more from
1: Al. Today's episode brought to you by TheFallibleMan.com. That's right, it's us. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com and check out our blog, updated twice a week with new content and links to all of our social media offerings. Tag or search us at TheFallibleMan or at FallibleMan on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social medias for daily content. While you're there, check out our Attitude swag, shirts, cups, stickers, and more. Again, that's www.thefallibleman.com.
0: All right, guys. Welcome back to the show, and I'm here with Al Jones, who is going to help us start walking through Maybe, maybe you struggle with your credit. Maybe you've made some poor choices like all of us did, guys, and that is nothing to be embarrassed about all of us. All of us, I cannot emphasize that enough, started our financial journeys in probably a really bad way. We got that first credit card and went nuts, or we got that first offer of any kind of credit and made stupid choices. Al talks about in his book uh, his background in the U.S. military, and I know so many military guys who wasted so much overseas pay and hazard pay and just... Bought stupid things with it at the time, did nothing smart with it, and came out owing money and with a bunch of crap that just bogged them down. So guys, this is such a common story, and Al is going to help us start taking the journey to retake our own credit and open those doors in our lives. Al, how do we get started? Because it, it credit is such a scary and mysterious thing to most of us. And it's a daunting thing. It's this invisible score we don't understand that determines what we can and can't do most of the time.
2: First of all, credit is, as I interpret it, credit is based on trust. And your credit score is, and your credit profile is like a report card, a moving, growing, we'll say moving, (laughs) report card on how you pay your debt or it's basically as trust. Again, we're falling back to trust. So what I would recommend anybody to do is to order their credit reports and scores from each of the three separate, notice how I say separate, each of the three separate credit bureaus. You have Equifax.com, Experian.com, and TransUnion.com, each of the three separate credit bureaus. People often will go to one website and each of them are about 15, 20 bucks a pop, you know, for the report and score. So if you, sometimes people will go to the website and they'll go to, let's say, transunion.com and they may see something like order all three of your credit reports for 20 bucks. Yeah, I'm I'm a credit karma guy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh,
0: Yeah, I know. (laughs) I, I know it's not as good. Yeah. Let's so be clear on, on that, guys. A uh, uh, All-in-one credit karma app or something, this is not what he is talking about. Uh, so. <laughs> so. <laughs> be really so. clear there because that's the day and age we are, right? It's all right. quick on our phone and right. that's not what he is talking about here.
2: So. Each of the three separate credit bureaus, if you may see some ads that they order all in one, what happens is when you do the all in one, if you order your credit report and score from TransUnion, you're going to get a confirmation number for that order. When it's time to dispute anything on that credit report for each of the bureaus each of them is going to ask for a confirmation number well if you order your credit reports and scores from all three from transunion if you dispute it on equifax equifax is going to ask for a confirmation number well from them well i got it from transunion no sorry you're going to have to order it all over again directly from us so cut to the chase order from Equifax.com, Experian.com, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion separately. Do not have any distractions around you at all because what happens is when you go to the website by design, they're going to have a bunch of pop-up menus and windows that are there to distract you and you know you're trying to do your stuff online you got your kids your dogs behind you next thing you know you're clicking some pop-up window and out of nowhere you've ordered a free credit evaluation service for three years like how did that happen that's what happened so be diligent remove any distractions order your reports and scores from each of the three separate Credit bureaus. You get that information. They some may mail it to you, others may kick it to you as an email on the PDF. Others you may can download directly as a PDF. You get that. Once you get your reports and scores, take a look to see if it if what's accurate and what needs to be changed. Once you do that, dispute it. You know you've got your confirmation numbers from each of the three. Dispute it. On, most of the times you can do it online, and then just keep disputing it until you get your stuff correct. That way you'll at least have a baseline of where you are and just keep working on improving it.
0: Okay. Do you recognize now, right? There's all kinds of internet gurus out there who tell us, I mean, YouTube is littered with videos on fixing your credit score. And I see so many of them who are like, get this credit card, move all your balances over to that and pay on that credit card. Do you think that's good advice, or do you think that's just another rabbit hole?
2: That's another rabbit hole, and it sounds good, and because they said that, people will click it, and, of course, they'll get the ad revenue because of all the people that was watching the video. So I would say no, because once you move your stuff and you get a a new card, then that's generating what they call a hard inquiry, which further drags down your credit score. So the person that's doing the video, they really don't care. All they're looking for is likes, thumbs up on their video because people are digging it because it sounds cool.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, one thing I'm digging into it in my own journey, right? If you get rid of the other card, credit, like credit history, how long you've had lines of credit is, is pretty important, isn't it?
2: That is correct. Again, it's a moving report card on how you pay it, pay off your debt. Mm-hmm. So if by chance you want to close a card, do not do it yourself. Let the credit card company, after X amount of months, years, whatever, of non-use, close it for you. Mm-hmm. Don't call and say, okay, I want to close my card. No, let them close it for you.
0: Is that just for credit history sake, or
2: that is? It seems as if it's a ding. You know, each one of them, each credit agency has their own algorithms. But from my personal experience, mm-hmm. is to let the agency, no, not agency, but the credit card company itself close the account for you, versus you closing it
0: because accounts. don't as... have any
2: hard details on. Know, why or why not but it's just my personal experience of closing it myself versus uh them closing it uh, having them to close it for you from non-use versus you calling and saying closing it also the same thing of having your credit limit increased let them increase your credit line after x amount of years of or months uh typically like six months or so Mm-hmm. Of good use, let them increase your credit line versus you calling in saying, ask "Hey, you for it. boost my credit." Yeah, because it makes it look like you're, hey, you know, you're you need to want to buy something real quick, and that doesn't look too good. So.
0: What is the value of a good credit score for people who don't understand this whole credit mystery? Because it, right, it it does. It scares a lot of people. It's like it's the big boogeyman.
2: The value of a good credit score is when you want to purchase something on credit, your interest rate on that purchase on debt is going to be significantly lower. Also, you've got the emotional element of it. You walk in the door saying, hey, you know, I want to buy something and then they generate your credit report and they see it's like a low 600. you' kind to look at you and laugh at you, saying, you oh, know, gee, yeah, sure you want to buy something. But you roll up with the, an eight, eight hundred anything above eight hundred, you roll up with an eight fifty. It's like, oh whoa, hey, you know, they're all wait, would I you like it. to
0: also buy this while you're here?
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, well, you know, I think I'll take some of this and some of this
0: and some you, of that. You know you the do Honda, it, but, you'd like a Mercedes, wouldn't you? Yeah, hmm.
2: right, right, right. So it's, you know, attitude, ego kind of thing. So that's the other element. But the, the big thing is the lower interest rate.
0: It, it seems to give you more control, right, to negotiate yes, as well. Yes,
2: it does. Yes, it does. And it gives you a feeling of self-confidence and a feeling that people can trust you if you have some issues like, well, gee, you know, well, I don't know whether they like me or can they trust me. I'm a trustworthy kind of person, mm-hmm. If so that's that's one of the other things that uh, that having excellent credit, even anything above 800, will, will give to you. <laughs> you know, Brent, I was walking through the mall, I had to get a new battery from my phone and an old iPhone. So anyway, I was walking through the mall, waiting for them to do the repair, and as I was walking through each of the retail stores, I was thinking, you know what, I could if I wanted to buy anything in this store, I don't need it, but just a feeling of knowing at any point in time, okay, I want this, 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 and this, and I'm out. That feeling is one of the bigger perks of having excellent credit. And that'll stick
1: with you.
0: now, Now, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, please, 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 please understand. Once you have that kind of credit built and the ability to do so, you need to also develop the discipline to not destroy it by doing that exact thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, I want to buy everything. And suddenly you're scored beyond the end you know, yeah, just seven, you can yeah.
0: doesn't yeah. mean you should. That is correct. Right? So is
2: the managing of your credit is a big thing. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things I, I tell people, the other side of the fence, the Dave Ramsey's Will tell you that you should be entirely debt-free, pay off everything, go the cash model. I say, in my opinion, that's nuts. Because if you run into an emergency, you need to have a get a plane ticket, you need to rent a car, good luck buying or getting a plane ticket, good luck getting a rent a car on cash. Yeah, you could put it on your debit card, but they're gonna put maybe a five-six hundred dollar block
0: on your on card. debit card. Yep. That's
2: crazy. Okay.
0: I am getting, you know, all those stupid pre-approved offers in the mail now. They're all like "By
2: design. We we By love design. you.
0: You have great credit. You've been right. pre-screened for this." Right, right. I'm you I'm tearing up, tearing up junk mail every day. Oh,
2: yep. Yeah. And and with that, you can reduce the amount of junk mail like that that comes in. There's a website and I'm hopeful that they keep the, they keep the URL, uh, but it's, as I last recall, it's opt, O-P-T, out, O-U-T, pre, P-R-E, screen, S-C-R-E-E-N, I think, .com, so optoutprescreen.com. You go in, you, you enter your contact information, and then it would kind of take you off some of the mailing list for stuff like that. You've you, won't see it immediately, but if, over time, you'll start to see a reduction of junk mail like that.
0: guys, in the comments below, I want you to comment and tell us what has been your secret to improving your credit score and getting your finances under control? What, what has been that thing for you? Is it what we've talked about or is there something else? Comment in the comments below. We'd love to hear back from you on that. Al, what is next for Al Jones? What's next on the agenda for you?
2: The next thing on the agenda is to do some additional public speaking and to meet more people like you that have an interest in helping others improve their financial profile.
0: Okay. Now, where can people find you so if they're interested in having a conversation with you or getting you to come speak for them or do interviews like this, how can people find you? Where are you at?
2: They can contact me. The telephone number you can reach me is 623-764-8893. That's the cell number that you can reach me. You can also find me on Facebook. If you want to send a friend request to me, go ahead and send it to you know, www.facebook.com slash Alton, A L T, like Tom, O N dot J, my middle initial, dot Jones, J O N E S. So, facebook.com dot slash Alton dot J dot Jones. You can find me that way. You can also find me on Twitter. The handle is Light, L I G H T, Eyes, E Y E S, Media, M E D I A same thing on instagram as well so i'm easy to track down again the books are on amazon we've got a paperback we've got a kindle version as well as an audiobook again it's on amazon.com check it out
0: guys i will put direct links to all that so you can reach out and talk to al yourself and he's available to speak From what I'm hearing right here, yes sir, yes sir. He's really giving out his phone number, so you know, take advantage. This man has some experience and some knowledge that can help you if you want to. And so, you'll find all those links in the description of the shows, both the podcast and the YouTube video. We'll
2: pause.
0: Al, thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Guys, be better tomorrow because of what you do today, and we'll see you on the next one.
1: This has been the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.